Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Way Up North podcast. My name is Erin. I am the event planner for Way Up North and also the host for this season's podcast series. Today we're going to be chatting to Hannah Millard, who is a photographer, and I really don't know much else. And I imagine some of you don't either. So let's have a chat with Hannah um, and get an I idea literally who she know is. nothing about you. So this is perfect in case there's anyone coming to the show. Normally I get like a creepy <laughs> Google in beforehand. So so, you know, I can ask something specific, but that didn't happen for, for you. So excellent. Blank slate. Hannah, coming to Way Up North. Are you, are you excited? Hi. Oh, I'm so excited. Like, yes. ridiculously excited. <laughs> so, yeah, I've not been to Stockholm before, so I'm really um, super excited about that. And, yeah, just the, the event is going to be awesome. And I'm absolutely delighted that I get to yes, do opening my best it up. <laughs> so I can that's like, like ah, <laughs> and yes, then I can that's just true. actually enjoy actually everything. taking everyone else without being nervous. Um, yeah, but the boys must yeah, must definitely. believe that you're going to knock it out of the park uh, to put you first in the lineup. Are you going to knock it out of the park? <laughs> Um, that's, that's the <laughs> goal. <laughs> I guess it's like the typical, like, uh, British person in me being like, well, I can't, you know, I'm not going to be <laughs> yes. too blase, Love but it. yes. <laughs> um, no, it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm super excited about it. It's something that I'm, um, I love talking about um, the only challenge there is condensing everything I want to say into the time available. So um, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely awesome. just beyond excited. Okay, so for those for those out there that are like me and don't know your story, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and and what you do? Okay, so um, I'm going to be talking about uh, facing your fear of filmmaking. And um, so for the last four of the seven years that I've been in business, I've been doing a combination of filmmaking and photography at weddings where I actually do both at the same time, um, which is kind of mystifying to some people. um, But is definitely possible because I can do it. <laughs> uh, so I'll be um, sharing some of the the sort of tips about that. But um, in general, I got into photography completely by accident, really. I was always a really passionate amateur photographer and absolutely loved it. Have always taken a camera with me everywhere I go. Um to the point where people would be like, well, why, why don't you, why don't you become a photographer? You know, you should do that. You'd be really good at that. And it'd be like when someone's (laughs) trying to set you up on a date with a friend and you're like, no, I don't want to ruin what we already have, you know, (laughs) 
goes wrong and then I don't have my hobby anymore um and then finally two of my friends were getting married and um I found myself offering to shoot their wedding and they said yes and I was like yes excellent fantastic and then about five minutes later felt incredibly sick (laughs) incredibly like completely out of my depth and thought actually I have no idea how to do that (laughs) Uh, what have I done Um, and spent the next sort of 10 months obsessively filling my head with everything I possibly could about wedding photography and um, then just gradually over time it started to become something that felt absolutely Mm. right for me So it felt like finding the thing that I was supposed to be doing, and I've been doing that ever since. Um, so yeah, me and nice. photography finally nice. hooked up, and it was good. <laughs> I feel like all the best relationships have a story like that too, right? Like you knew each other for a while, but yeah. <laughs> and then I don't like not to give away the whole like talk that you're going to do, but how did film come into this mix? So it actually started um, when one of my couples were trying at very, very late notice for an August wedding to find a videographer. <clears throat> Basically, the, the bride sent me an email to tell me that her grandparents couldn't come to the wedding at very last minute. They were both sick. And um, I got it into my head, right, I need to help them find somebody. And so I contacted everybody that I knew and everyone was busy because it was a like peak weekend in August and the time was running out I couldn't find anybody and I just had this real niggling feeling that I should just try and do something for them um I guess because the reason I got into shooting weddings in the first place um was because when my cousin got married and my nan was there it was the last time that I was ever around her before she got really ill. And I had no idea at the time that this was this really significant mm. moment in our lives and that everything was going to change after that. So for me, a big part of shooting weddings is those key family relationships and the fact that those things are actually not the fixed points that we somehow feel like they are, that everything is always capable of changing at the last kind of unexpected moments um so when she told me that her grandparents couldn't be there it really broke my heart and um and so I had it I got this idea I'm gonna I'm gonna try and make them a little film and at that stage I'd never actually (laughs) turned on the video uh function of my camera (laughs) um and I was very aware that I didn't want to screw up the sure, photos yeah. <laughs> so um also at the time I was heavily pregnant as well so Extra emotional. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah definitely super all the hormones um so I contacted one of my photographer friends and asked her to come in second shoot with me under the guise that she was going to come and hold my bags for me um meanwhile I I just I just wanted to see if I could just get them something I thought that's better than mm-hmm. than nothing at all the day the day unfolded and I thought I'm just gonna get a little snippet of video here and there and I thought okay I'm not gonna try and do anything in key moments I'm just gonna get a little bit because it's better than nothing and um just gradually over the course of the day I felt like 
actually there was more opportunity than I anticipated to switch between. I filmed little bits in the ceremony and I thought, actually, there's loads of time here because usually maybe I would take sort of 10 photos when, you know, I'm a chronic overshooter. Um, So if anything, um, filmmaking at the same time has made me so much more efficient. Uh, so yes yeah, so I just I found that it actually was a lot easier than I had anticipated to do and I really enjoyed it as well I got the kind of buzz that you get when you're first starting out at photography and you start to feel like oh I can do this and I can do this and hey look what I'm doing now like I look back at that first video and it is not the best thing in the world but at the time it felt like it just felt right and um, yeah so in the end I ed- edited this together and sent it over to them. They absolutely uh-huh. loved it. And I thought, okay, there's there's something here that I want to try and do something different with. So I, I started to email my couples I had and thought, <clears throat> like, this is what I've made now. I don't know if it's what I'm going to do in the future, but I'd like to have a go at this. And sent them over quite a low price to start with, just for the people who kind of thought, you know, let's see where this this can go. And I was really lucky that a few of my couples were totally game and up for it and over the course of the rest of that wedding season I made a few films and I was really happy with it I thought right now I need to figure out what I want to do with this that's so cool there's like I'm a wedding planner and I have a lot of couples who you know everybody wants photography that's a staple obviously but I find videography becomes like a real wish list item that's like if we can't afford it we'll do it um so, but then afterwards, like the main comments, when I, I tell people like, what would you, I ask my past clients, like, what would you say is your number one advice to future, to my future clients? And I sort of like include that in info I give to new couples. And one thing that comes up again and again is like photo and video are not the same. We wish we had a video. So I love that. They must've just been yeah. so stoked that that first couple. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think as well, because I've the style that I have with videos is it's it's all um, it's all just little clips and it's always set to music as well. So I don't do full recording of the the speeches and things because I generally what I try not to do is give me anything that I have to do that is going to impede what I would do as a photographer. So I shoot everything handheld. Um, I don't faff around with microphones and things. And it's just what they get at the end of the day is this kind of music video style Mm -hmm. film. And to begin with, I thought, I don't know who, how many people are really going to want that because that's not your kind of standard wedding video that you might expect. But as I started to make them, what I found was it really resonated with people because well, my couples are really super, super camera shy. Like I always thought, oh, they're not hiring videographers because they can't afford it or, um, you know, because they, you know, it's just not something that they thought about. But actually a lot of the time um, my couples feel like they they look at wedding videos and they feel like they, they don't connect with that necessarily. They don't want to, you know, they if they heard the sound of their own voice, they would probably do a super <laughs> yeah. cringe, which I am completely the same. <laughs> um, so I found that it was like tapping into a whole extra kind of marketplace of people who, um, who just, who weren't actually, who weren't drawn to what the kind of standard um, videography at the time mm. was. And who actually actually really liked the idea of this um, kind of music video approach to it, um, which then gave me the 
the kind of confidence to really lean into that and make that my niche um which has just been so much fun like when I think about it and that I've really been doing um video and photo now for longer than I was just doing photo before it seems crazy because it still seems like this new thing that I that I get to really enjoy and really like get super excited about doing and I feel like I'm learning new stuff about it all the time Mm -hmm. um and so it's it's always good to have something like that in a creative business that you feel constantly that urge to to develop and move forward with it and you're always excited about so yeah um so yeah I really enjoy absolutely and so is it just generally on a standard wedding is it just you or do you always have a second yeah so I always have a second shooter when I do um the video that just gives me a little bit more freedom to kind of to maybe gamble here or there like am I going to film the first kiss in the ceremony um, yes I know you're going to have this yeah Yeah. (laughs) absolutely so um so yeah so that it that gives um an extra kind of added value to doing that as well as for the for the couple so it's um it's always a bit of a challenge but I really like that I find I work best under the most amount of pressure (laughs) so totally um yeah so that's so interesting um I feel like I had a wedding this past summer where the bride and groom were absolutely of like the want to be a model for a day style, which is rare for me. And I don't know if it's rare in the world, but they had like three photographers and four videographers. And it was just this like massive paparazzi entourage. Now this client loved it. They were all about it. But I would say like 99% of clients would like die if they had to have like seven people around them (laughs) capturing images. So I think like the fact that it's just you and someone else and then get a little video, because let's be real, most people are just into like a little highlight video anyways. Um, it's so appealing. I just want to fly you to Vancouver now. You can come live here and I'll use you all the time. <laughs> oh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, where exactly yeah, where no. exactly do you live? Uh, so I live in England. I live in um, a city called Derby, which is um, just outside of the Peak District, which is an absolutely beautiful part of the country. And so it's like right smack bang in the middle of England, which is really handy because I have never, ever, 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 hardly ever had like more than five local weddings per year. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm always like up and down the country. So it's a really well placed uh, uh, place to be in for for traveling around. Do you ever do like destination wedding outside of your country? Yeah, so I've been, um, I've, it's been, I didn't do any last year, which was kind of, it was strange, but it was also kind of nice because the whole destination wedding thing can sometimes be um, completely exhausting because they're often midweek. So then you fly back straight after and then you're shooting another wedding. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Um, But I'm so lucky really that I've, I've, shot in Italy and in France and um Denmark random places around Europe the furthest that I've been is Azerbaijan and um, uh, I don't think many people can say that I think when I got the email I was like Azkaban oh. um but no <laughs> <laughs> no there no it, it was uh <laughs> it's Azerbaijan and there are no dementors there so it's fine <laughs> Amazing. that's cool and you mentioned that you were pregnant at a, at a point in time, do, tell, do you have a child, more than one child? What is your normal life like? Three children. Three. <laughs> I've got 
three children yeah uh, well when I was um when I was 17 I had my I had my oldest child my son William and um at that point in time in my life when when you're 17 and you're having a baby and life has thrown you this enormous challenge what I found was a lot of people at that stage completely wrote me off um like I I had people actually sit me down and tell me like you've ruined your life your life is over oh my gosh (laughs) and um the, (laughs) the thing though about having that and somebody kind of making you feel like that and everyone having incredibly low expectations of you is that you get to have such a lot of fun proving them wrong absolutely (laughs) um so yeah so I've I've been a I've been a parent my entire adult life and that has a lot of challenges but I wouldn't change anything for the world it's just the most wonderful thing and yeah so then I also have two girls May and Violet and um it's always a bit of a challenge kind of juggling work and motherhood I think as any well as any parent really um will know that that can be quite hard at times you feel guilty when you're not working you feel guilty when you're working (laughs) um but it's no it wouldn't change anything for the world that's so cool and also I have a I have a good friend who had uh her first at the same age as you and now we're in our our late our declining 30s and her kids are all grown up and I feel like I don't have any kids. I'm not even married. So I, I still feel like I have lots of life ahead of me. And she's like, now imagine you, you got the whole kid thing like out of the way. I can like go out again. And she has like empty nest as a 36 year old. That's pretty sweet. I was like, I think you yeah, might have really absolutely. done it right. <laughs> Yeah, she needs to go and travel or something now. Exactly, yes. <laughs> um, that's what I, I very much look forward to having a very, very delayed gap year. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll go backpacking or something <laughs> when I'm 40. <laughs> now, when it comes to your chat at Way Up North, have you have you written it already? You can be honest with me. Is it done? Um. So what I have at the moment is too much what I've come to the conclusion is that right now I have too much and in the same way that when I'm shooting I shoot too much now I have to cull it down to the very best and the most essential stuff um so that's that's kind of the main challenge that I have at the moment um but no I I started writing it as soon as I was booked for it because I just thought I I had so many ideas um and stuff that I want to make sure that I say and I tend to write myself emails if I'm out and about I'll send myself an email like um and sometimes I'll look back at them um, and I'll think, I have no idea what this means, Hannah. <laughs> um, like, it was definitely something at the time. Um, so I'll, like, just send myself little notes for things or make little voice recordings when I'm out and about of ideas that I have. So now I'm facing the prospect of just bringing that all into one shit hot talk. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. Last time I did a really short talk at one of the way up north and I had to like literally like kick the timer over because I feel like I it was a 15 minutes and I feel like I could have talked for an hour. Although now I'm going to do the same talk but longer 
And I have this really concise 15 minute talk to start from. And so I'm having the opposite problem where I'm like, what should I add to this? But I know once I, once I sit down, it will, it will happen. But I'm always curious as to other people's process with talks, like if they start way, way before, or if they cram it at the end. And so I like to ask that (laughs) question, but you sound highly prepared. So yeah, I, well, I've been in a situation before where I've sat next to someone who's about to do a talk who is still writing the talk. And I was just like, that seems so dangerously <laughs> close to what I could end up doing if I don't make myself do it. Like, yeah. it's so easy to procrastinate. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I don't want to be in that position. So out of fear, <laughs> making myself be organized. I like that. That's still self-discipline though. So props to you. Um <laughs> What about when you're not doing photography and you're not momming? Is there any other like interesting things we should know about you? <laughs> maybe um, that won't come up in the talk or maybe that will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, well, I sing in a choir. We do sort what? of um, barbershop music, <laughs> which is like probably going to lose me about 100 cool points. Um, no, but I know. love it. <laughs> and um it's it's a really it's a really fun hobby singing in general is really good for your physical and emotional health and mm-hmm. um and it's been something that has given me a lot of opportunities as well like a couple of years ago um I went with a choir we sang in um Las Vegas in an international competition and we got a silver medal and that was a real crazy adventure that came from that so um I think I'm a big fan of making sure that you have things in your life outside of work and outside of anything else that just make you feel good that are just something that takes you out of your headspace of your day-to-day life so I get to do that once a week go and sing in rehearsal and sometimes we get to go and do some pretty exciting things so uh, that's definitely something I love. I like it. That's a good fun Hannah fact. I actually mm. also sing in a choir, so you didn't lose any cool awesome. points with me. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it though. Um, yeah. yeah, I think having that one thing you can do where you're not thinking about your your normal job or your normal life stresses is like so key. Yeah, yeah. and when, when you're singing as well, it, you're just completely in yeah. that moment. Like it's really hard to concentrate on singing and to still have your day-to-day worries floating around in your head it's just something that really takes you out of everything and um yeah but I think most of the time if you say sort of barbershop to somebody they think about four men in stripy suits and uh, (laughs) straw boater hats (laughs) um and as yet I've never worn one of those so (laughs) so far so far you're you're still Mm. young though I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing I'm totally we're going to talk more after this because I want to know more about that um all right good well I mean I I don't want to take up too much of your time I'm just going to ask you for and this is a hard question because I didn't prep you in any way but (laughs) what would you what would you offer as like a tiny nugget of advice to people who are coming to way up north or whoever happens to listen to this if, um, you know, sort of young, younger or newer photographers just getting started, any, any old kind of advice that you feel is a lesson you've learned? Um, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say like five seconds of thinking. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I think that the most important thing 
when you're doing something creative is to not put pressure on yourself to be completely the finished product. I think that there's a lot of stuff out there now. And if you look at other people's work, if you look at people who are doing really well all the time, then it makes you feel so bad because you're not at that stage or you're, you know, we're always so much more critical of our own work. But if you end up afraid of making things because you're worried that it won't be what you're aspiring to make, then you don't make all of the mistakes that actually help you to develop your style. The The way that like creative brains work neurologically is the more you create, the stronger the links in your brain between, you know, not making and making become. So sometimes you just have to give yourself permission to make a lot of mistakes along the way and to know that nobody is the finished product and when you meet people who are further along in their careers and who you look up to you chat to them and you find out they have all of the same feelings and insecurities about their own work so don't worry about that let go of that now and give yourself that permission in advance to just try things and to make things for the sake of creating because that's going to help you push your art forward and to not hesitate because you're wor- you're worried that it's not good enough yet because you can't get better if you don't start. Yeah, nailed it. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if you've been asked that question before. <laughs> um, I, I think that was me riffing there. <laughs> so I, I like I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna. I need to write that down. <laughs> I'm gonna send myself an email. Yes. <laughs> Send yourself an email immediately. Brilliant advice from Hannah. (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, Hannah. And I can't wait to meet you in Stockholm in a few short weeks. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Sorry for being a bit croaky. I've just had a cough that will never end um, over the last week. No worries. No worries at all. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 